Welcome to What in the Wellness with Tiffany, where we have real conversations dedicated to helping women make holistic wellness easier. Through education, self-exploration, and actionable steps, mixed with a bit of laughs and real-life experience, What in the Wellness with Tiffany is meant to be your companion on your personal wellness journey. I'm your host, Tiffany Stewart, certified health coach, internationally featured wellness writer, business owner, info geek, loud laugher, and mom of two. I'm so happy that you're here with us. Let's get started. Today's sponsor is Molly Suds, a local Florida company that was founded in 2008 by pediatric nurse and mom, Monica, inspired by the loss of her daughter, Molly. Upon investigation into potential causes for this tragedy, Monica learned that of the 80,000 chemicals approved for use by the Toxic Substances Control Act of 1976, only 200 are tested for human safety. So she went back to the basics, creating safe and effective cleaning products with just a handful of earth and plant-derived ingredients. I love Molly Suds and have been using their products since I started my clean living journey in about 2015. If you like to make the change to safer products today, you can use my code WellnessWithTiffany for 15% off your purchase on mollysuds.com. Again, save 15% when you use the code WellnessWithTiffany at mollysuds.com. That's mollysuds.com. Hey everyone, we are back with season two. I'm so excited to get started on season two. I have so many awesome episodes coming to you. Oh man. And today's is no exception. But before we get started, I just wanted to check in and say, how you doing? (laughs) I hope that you've been well through these five years that's been 2020 so far. Um, It really has been one for the books. It'll definitely be one we won't forget anytime soon. (laughs) If you're new to the podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Tiffany and it's a party over here, kind of, not really, but if you want to call it a party, I will. And I am a certified holistic health coach. I am someone who is trying to make living a wellness-focused life really easier. And my intention on the podcast and also my blog, itsmeladyg.com, and you can find me also on Instagram at itsmeladyg. And the podcast has its own Instagram account, Wellness with Tiffany Podcast. But the whole intention is to help make a wellness-focused life easier in real life. And that is what this episode is all about. It's speaking with a friend of mine, a blogger friend of mine. We met in real life too, and I'm sure we have so much in common that it's weird. (laughs) So um, if I lived closer to North Carolina or she lived closer to New Jersey, I'm sure that we would be hanging out all the time in real life. The purpose of today's episode is to talk about potentially toxic chemicals that are used in beauty products and products, period, like personal care products that are marketed towards teens and tweens, which is like at the the time in which their home hormones are the most sensitive. I mean, they're always very, very important, but that's when they're just like brimming over with hormones and very, very vulnerable. And both of us shared a just frustration about how a lot of the packaging and scents and just the combination of everything along with like you know, beauty YouTubers, which I'm not hating on at all because I do my fair share of YouTubing too, if that's a word, but just how everything is marketed in a way, um, a lot of the, the more toxic, potentially toxic ones are marketed in a way 
that makes it more attractive for the teens and tweens market. So we wanted to share some information and just things to look for when you're navigating through that area and that aisle of Target or Walmart or whatever, wherever you may purchase your things. So let me tell you a little bit about Molly. Molly is a holistic-minded mama, blogger, and podcaster on a mission to help women find the safest and best-performing natural products out there along with sharing safer products for the whole family. She also advocates for change in the personal care industry and is passionate about arming people with knowledge so they can confidently choose safer products for the whole family. You can find her on her blog, MaisonPure, M-A-I-S-O-N-P-U-R.com, and on MaisonPure, same spelling, a natural living podcast on all major podcasting network, streaming networks. But before we get into the episode, I do want to tell you that Molly and I collabs on this and we did appear on each other's podcast. So you can go and check out the episode I did on her podcast where we were talking about diversity and sometimes lack thereof in the wellness space when it comes to uh, green beauty. So go and check that out as well. I will link that in the show notes. So without further ado, here's the interview between myself and Molly Hill. Hi, Molly. Thanks so much for coming on. Hi, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yay. Two two clean living podcasters on here. We kind of, was it your intention to like start a podcast initially? I know we're going to get into who you are and everything, but (laughs) was it your intention (laughs) to like start that too? No, um, actually that was something I just started kind of thinking of, I guess, last fall because I just wanted to go deeper on some topics and sometimes it's hard especially in, uh, on the blog. I mean, some people really get into it, want to read those long form blog posts, but I feel like, you know, in this day and age, a lot of people just want to listen and they can do it while they're on their commute or whatever. So I thought that this would be a great way to kind of dive into some topics I was interested in. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what my, how it happened with me as well. (laughs) So, but while we're there, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work? Yeah. Um, So, you know, I started out as a blogger uh, about six years ago, and really that was driven out of, um, I just, I really have an urge to help people, especially women, find the the healthiest products that they can for themselves and for their families. Because I think when I talk to friends and family, it just feels overwhelming to to know what's out there, what's truly clean. And so I kind of want to just develop like a resource that people could go to to find products that I've tested out that work great, but also have clean ingredients. And I've kind of, you know, looked over all the things about how it was sourced. And so the things I recommend are clean. And, um, you know, I think I was kind of like late in the game. Now there's a lot of bloggers that like right out the gate, they have like business plans and everything else. And, um, you know, when I started out just it was purely just to make a resource. Of course, then I quickly found out it actually costs money to keep all that stuff up. So I have monetized them, but um, you know, I don't, I didn't really launch with any type of grand plan. It it just really was just to to make some sort of a a resource for people. So our paths cross once again, where it's like, where we have many similarities. 
<laughs> where we just like let's just do it and then yeah. then later on it's like wait a minute wait well this what's this all this business part that's going on like so <laughs> yeah I definitely understand I definitely understand it started out but that's what I think what really makes a lot of us um very much um, different because we do start with the it came from a passion basically yes. and we really is that we want to help it's not the business part is not what's leading us and that's not again that's not negative at all or a negative thing on anybody else because i don't think that if anybody's really truly in this space for the long haul it's not about the business at the end of the day right. but um but definitely i definitely understand <laughs> and you are a mom as well so yeah. yes <laughs> You know, so, and I think that too, like it, it started out with me just squeezing it into the little spaces I could find in the day, which I know you probably are right same, there with me Same, with that. same, same. <laughs> <laughs> Not like I had like a work day, you know, although mm -hmm. it's, I've somehow created a full-time job for myself here. <laughs> yes. It's, it's like, it's to having, well, cause I have a full-time job and then I have this which is i say i love my full-time job but this is really my passion and so it's it's definitely squeezing it in but it ends up really taking much longer than you expect sometimes but which is okay <laughs> yeah yeah well it's okay i think because it like you said so well it comes from a place of passion so i think that kind of drives you to keep keep at it absolutely absolutely so what led you to making such lifestyle changes for you, your fam, you and yourself and your family? Well, um, you know, I guess I have to go way back when I was 18, I was living in Africa for a while and wow. yeah, you know, normal stuff. I caught malaria. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, totally unexpected. You know, I grew up, I'm a child of the eighties and nineties. I grew up on convenience foods. Uh, you know, I never really thought about health or healthy eating. I didn't have any chronic health issues that I had to worry about. So, you know, going through malaria and the treatment, I, I came back home afterwards and just, I, for the first time ever, I did not feel like myself. I felt just sick and I wanted to feel better. So I started really researching nutrition and it was the first time I ever realized like what you're putting in your body actually affects you. You know, it's like, you're not right. just eating just to eat. Like every bite you eat is either building your health or taking it away. So through nutrition, I was able to feel better. Um, and so I kind of thought, well, I'm living a healthy lifestyle because I'm, I'm eating clean. So, you know, fast forward 10 years and I'm pregnant with our first child. And I really, I think this is probably a pretty common story because I know a lot of my readers come to my blog when they're pregnant or they've just had a child. But I think for a mm -hmm. lot of us, that's when it start, starts to first set in. You're like, well, what, what's in those cleaning products that I'm using around the house? Like, what's that doing to the indoor right. quality? Like, what am I putting on my body? What's that doing? What, what kind of products are, am I going to put on my baby? What baby lotion am I going to use? So I, I think that's really what sparked the bigger, like, I'm going to investigate all this and figure it out. Yes. It's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, absolutely. I, I think a lot of us, um, think become made way more aware of everything we're putting on our bodies and stuff when we do have kids, some do beforehand, but I think when it, we have kids, we become much more aware of it. And as I said on something, I, some content I did the other day, you know, if it's not clean enough to go on my daughter's 
skin is not clean enough for any of us in this house. So it's just, you know, and she's two because we put so much care into figuring out, is this okay for her to put it on her or, you know, when they're a baby, um, traditionally we would like switch to more sensitive, uh, less irritating laundry detergent and things like that. And then even when we're pregnant and it's just like, why can't we continue that same care for forever? (laughs) You know, like for what we're... I mean, so that's I definitely get it. <laughs> I feel like that's it's kind of funny, right? Because we start out when they're babies, we're so careful. But then, even as moms, I think sometimes we put ourselves second. We're like, oh, well, it's okay. It's just going on me, you know? Right. Like, really, it, it does matter. It surely does. It surely does. And plus, we're setting examples. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good, that's mm-hmm. a really good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we speak um, via social and align on so many beliefs. But we really seem to connect on our disdain. I was going to put disgust, but I decided to put disdain. <laughs> Both work. Both. Yes. <laughs> for the lack of clean and non-toxic options available for teens and tweens. With the tween and teen markets growing quickly by using colorful sparkly packaging most parents are unaware of the hormone disrupting chemicals used in these products can you share a bit of your findings on these products and potential harmful effects and i want to say that anyone that's listening by now you know that i'm a bit geeky about all the the <laughs> about the science stuff and i love bringing on other people who have share that same passion about things that have to do with wellness too. And that is why I was like, wow, Molly, we need to, to get you on here because Molly does a great job on her social, uh, all sorts of the social platforms and on her blog of breaking down what are in the actual ingredients. And we were just like one day about the, the teens and tween stuff and all these things. I was just like, oh, I can't stand the way that they make them so attractive to kids, but it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's, they do specifically try to catch their attention with all of that. And if you wanted to bring somebody on to nerd out about ingredients with you, then I am that person. But <laughs> I, I know that not everybody uh, wants to do the deep dive, but for those that do, like, I always want to make sure, I feel like it's a good idea to be an informed consumer and know what you're actually buying and, and putting on your body. So um, especially for the teen groups, right? And so Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big things when it comes to this demographic is just the sheer amount of products that they use. So the average teen girl uses 17 personal care products per day, which compared to the average woman that uses about 12, and that's per the environmental working group. Um, mm-hmm. Now they're counting personal care items as things like shampoo, conditioner, body lotion, makeup, uh, you know, anything in that category that they're applying to their body. Um, one really interesting study back in 2006 uh, took 100 teenage girls, their ages were 14 to 17, and they decided to have them all switch to clean products for a few days. And what mm-hmm. they did was uh, a urine test to kind of check the levels of the most harmful ingredients that you're finding in some of these products. So prior to them switching, they went ahead and, and tested all the girls and tested their levels for a lot of these components. The girls switched to um, a pretty strict all-natural personal care regimen for the next three days. And they were stunned because after just three days, the amount of the levels of those harmful 
chemicals that were showing up in their urine dropped significantly. Right. Um, so you think about that just within two days, but like what happens after a month, you know? And so a, a lot of this stuff too, if it's being tested in the urine, um, it, it might be exiting the body. But some of the mm -hmm. chemicals, especially within chemical sunscreens and things like that, actually bioaccumulate, which means your body wants to get rid of it, but it's not in a form that your body can break down and get rid of. So it builds up over time, and that can be even more harmful than the things that your body is able to break down. So, But the combination of both, plus the fact that they're using an average of 17 products, and let's Let's be real, because I know some teenage girls that use probably way more than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so you think about just the amount of how much of that is just being piled onto their bodies and the overall uh, toxic burden each day that their body's now trying to work to get rid of or figure out what to do with these things. Um, and a lot of these have been really strongly shown to not only be carcinogenic, but also have a major impact on hormones. So I think when you're, you're looking at a developing girl, that's the last thing you want to do, right, is mess with her hormones right. and, and her body trying to develop and become a woman. And this goes for, for boys too. I'm, I'm pointing out girls because teen girls by far and away use the most personal care products than any other demographic. Oh, yeah. But you know, teen boys, they want to smell nice. They're using some hair product. You know, they use quite a bit of stuff too. So, I mean, this really goes for both of them. It's frustrating. And then as we've seen, it's like they even target uh, them even more by using particular colors and the packaging and everything else. And, and it's even starting younger even now at this point because they put like all sorts of pandas and, and all, um, you know, just sparkly colors that even my daughter, when she picks up on, she's two when she's in the, when, when she's in the store. And yeah. so it's just like, it's so deliberate that it's infuriating to me. And so I, I it, it's, it's frustrating as a parent. And so I'm sure that you feel the same. I know you feel the same. <laughs> I do, you know, I do. I do. I, and you know, I have a seven-year-old daughter and like you said, even your daughter uh, is attracted to some of it, but I go by like the lip smackers display that has all the right. different colas and stuff. And I actually just took a picture at the back of one of those labels today because I was like shocked at all the stuff that's in it. And a, a lot of it, I wouldn't put anywhere near my kid, but especially not on their mouth where that, you know, they're going to be ingesting yes. it as they eat and drink throughout the day. Yes. It's upsetting. And I, um, I'm, well, I'm aware of the stuff. When I saw the study that you mentioned, I was just like, wow, it's as simple as stopping, you know, it's not stopping for a lot of uh, the products, stop using the products that we can find ourselves actually recovering, I guess, from the bombardment of all the chemicals. If we just stopped it, um, even if it was gradual, it's not yeah. like, well, other, other than the ones that, that bioaccumulate in the body, but it's as simple as that. But then people are just like, okay, well, now what do I use? And so that's where them searching for alternatives and hopefully coming to one of our sites will <laughs> <laughs> will then uh, come into play so yeah it's a big it's a big issue Ugh. yeah for sure it is very frustrating um and it's frustrating for for them because I'm sure for the teenagers because I, I know they want the cool products and they want products that work but then you do have that hurdle of finding the actually clean products like you know how do you get there thankfully there are um 
organizations such as environmental working group and and women's voices for the earth and, and things like that which are very much about trying to expose or just inform rather the, the public about what are what's used in products but so, sometimes it's just really heavy for people to to dig through those websites and so that's where hopefully we can help with uh, sorting through all of the, the information that's on there. I go in the aisles, um, I see all this stuff that's just targeted towards kids and it's just like, you don't even need all that stuff. That's like my daughter watches some of these YouTube videos sometimes, sometimes when, you know, you know how we do, right? And so, yeah, yeah. and then I see, <laughs> <laughs> and I see, <laughs> I see them uh, putting on this makeup, right? And all these things. And it's all these like, just crap products. And of course, um, you know, first of all, I'm like, you don't need all that stuff, but then, it just goes back to trying to convince market to the kids telling them that they oh use this one and this one that has all these crazy colors and sparkles and all this other stuff and it's yeah. just ugh, it's so much yeah i feel like that's almost a whole other conversation i mean it is it should be woven in here too but just like the way that I mean, I know when I was a teenager, I, I subscribed to Teen Magazine and Seventeen Magazine. Now, this is like early internet days. That's so not like I could hop <laughs> on and watch my favorite beauty YouTuber. But, um, you know, I remember even back then, my grandmother was like having an issue because she felt like those magazines made me feel like I needed a lot of makeup and stuff like that. But I look today, I feel like it's even more of a bombardment and that the girls are wearing a lot more makeup they're doing the contouring and things like that i know i sound like such an old woman right now because every generation no no you don't you don't <laughs> they're like look I at all these teens you know <laughs> i will not accept you saying that on here yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know but i don't mean to sound like that but i just like i do feel like and maybe this is just so much time's passed i don't remember but i just don't remember being as dolled up and having so much products thrown at me, you know, marketing wise as the teens do today. Yeah, it's very true. And I, I know it's because of um, YouTube videos and things like that. And plus social media and people feel like they need to be ready to take uh, pictures when they are, you know, take selfies with their friends and all that stuff. And they feel like they need to have it for be Instagram ready, which, yeah. okay. Because even when I've showed up to like um, non, before I was really into cleaner options and I would go to other um, like beauty events and stuff like that when I would see the people that I would use only have seen up until then in YouTube videos in real life and I was like wow you have a lot of makeup on like wow yeah wow <laughs> it's funny because it doesn't show on the video but when you look in real life you're like wow that's a pretty thick layer <laughs> so the next question I had we both agreed that if there were a line of products or just line of products that need to be explored is non-toxic products for younger girls and packaging that's comparable to those already on the shelves. What do you think would be some of the hurdles involved in actually making this happen other than us doing it ourselves? I'm just saying. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It is a hole in the market. I mean, I do think somebody could swoop in and, and take this, but two blaring holes that are, or problems I see is, um, one would be the cost because realistically with that demographic, they're not spending a lot of money on, on makeup. Um, you know, they're not shopping at, well, 
probably some teenagers are shopping at Sephora, but especially if you're looking at the younger ones, 11, 12, 13, um, right. most of them, they don't have $50 to drop on an eyeshadow palette. You know what I mean? Right. So they're, they're going to drugstores, they're going to um, the, the cheaper brands. And so I think for somebody to make a truly non-toxic makeup product, it is hard without all of the synthetic ingredients um, that are much cheaper. The uh, preservatives even are, are much cheaper to use the ones that are potentially toxic versus the truly natural preservatives. I had a conversation on my podcast with a, a product formulator and she said she was blown away. If you want a truly natural uh, preservative for your product, I mean, the cost is like 10 times that That's of mm-hmm. the regular. Yeah. So, so I think costs would come into play. I, I think somebody could figure that out. Um, maybe a little bit. I mean, I think about brands like Coco Kind. Now they don't have a lot of makeup, but they do have some good skincare and they have some highlighters and things like that. And they're, they're relatively cheap. They're at Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, there, I feel like it can be done. Um, but somebody would really have to, a lot of the smaller natural makeup brands, it's hard to get started. It costs more money at first. You know, if you're selling to a wider audience, you can maybe I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. About yes, yes. I'm not going to go into, but uh, somebody, you know, somebody could probably figure that out, but that's a hurdle. And the other one would be market awareness, because when you start getting into the age group where they're talking to their friends at school or they are online, and I just feel like you right away, once you get on social media, no matter what age you decide for your kids to get on social media, um, I feel like they're bombarded with not only comparing themselves to others, but then also like they see all the photos of the celebrities and the influencers right. and everybody else out there and there begins that well I want what they're having or I, I want to have my eyeshadow look like that or what products are they using to achieve this look because I need that now and right. um, I mean you've been a teenage girl you know having social media I mean there's there's just such something about the mentality of that age where you just so badly want to fit in and look your best and um, so I, I think just if that group is not being exposed to the natural market and the reasons why you would maybe want to choose natural over uh, conventional um, and, and everybody that they are being exposed to that's sharing what products they use are just sharing the conventional products, then there's just a complete unawareness of what they're buying, which honestly, I feel like a lot of adults are like that. Like they just don't even know that there's a difference between the products and one could be potentially harmful. And without the awareness, it doesn't drive them to go seek out the more natural versions. So, um, you know, there's probably more hurdles within that, but I I do think the cost and the market awareness would be the two largest ones. Cost in and of itself is, to me, I think it's, it's the huge, (laughs) it's the biggest one because it's just, we both can't deny the fact that there's definitely a premium that has to be paid when you're switching to natural products overall, you know, yeah. overall, I mean, it's, it's getting better and the more demand there is in the market for cleaner products, the more, you know, the, the supply will come and the price will go down. But in general, it's just, especially to be in competition to, to the products and the amount of products that's already out there and the type of products like, it's just, that's the huge hurdle. You can't deliver, at least right now, it's hard to deliver at the same price points in, at which is on the market. Like, you can literally go get eyeshadow and stuff for a dollar, two dollars, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I'm just like, 
you look over in Target and they have nat- more natural options, but they're like $20, 20 something dollars. And so it's yeah. just, that's the hard part. I don't know if you were aware of, uh, and I don't know if you want me to say the name on your podcast, but there was a- You can. Okay, Claire's, the, the, <laughs> the store that they do jewelry and stuff, but they also have a lot of makeup lines that are literally aimed at children and preteens. And there was a whole bunch of asbestos found. And many of their products, this was just a couple years back, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, asbestos, you know? Right, <laughs> it's just right, crazy. right, right. Yeah. Right. It, it was, I did remember seeing that. I did remember seeing that. It was, um, it was an issue in it. But, but the thing is, is that most people, I don't know how many people end up getting the investigations and things and actually reading it unless it ends up being just like everywhere in the news and everybody on everybody's timelines. And that's, I, that's the, that's the issue, I guess. Cause I'm always like, I'm always the one, did you see this? And yeah. then it's like nobody else saw. Well, that's <laughs> so they're like. <laughs> that's your bubble right there because when that <laughs> happened, my whole timeline on Twitter, on Instagram, everything—that's all anybody was posting about. And then, like, I would tell other friends, and they're like, "Oh, really? You know?" Right. <laughs> no right. idea. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, they're like, you, you, you over there, y'all just making a big deal about it. But we're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to what you're saying about costs. I mean, that is. That is hard, but you think about the long-term health effects that some of the the stuff brings, especially, you know, infertility has been on the rise the last 20 years. And while nobody can say for certain, it's probably a combination of of lifestyle factors, diet, things in our environment. But one thing that's also been on the rise is certain chemicals within our personal care products that now teens are exposed to up into their early 20s that are endocrine disruptors, um, they're messing with their hormones. And like, who's not to say that after 10 years of applying certain body lotions and stuff day after day after day, and that's in your body, like who's to say that's not going to play a role in some of that. So as much as it costs more, and that's something each person has to reconcile with their budget and everything, but um, for me, it's worth it to pay a little bit more for something that I know is going to be safe, even if I have to either buy less or make trades in other areas. Um, but, you know, I know everybody's budget's different. I grew up very uh, modestly, I guess is a polite way to, to say it. We, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, my dad mm-hmm. worked several jobs to, to keep a roof over our head. You know, we got hand-me-down clothes from church members. We, um, you know, we didn't have a lot. So I, I, I understand that there's times you you have to pick and choose. So, but the right. budget thing, I mean, that's, that's always going to be a huge thing because it does cost a little bit more money to get true, truly natural products. Yeah. Like because of the, the types of products that I choose to buy, like people think that I may get my, like, I haven't got my hair literally done since my baby shower. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> my daughter is two. Oh my like, gosh. <laughs> It's time, <laughs> Tiffany. It's time. <laughs> like I just said, we we trade some things, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do think that I can splurge right now. Like I think we're got to the point where I need it. So <laughs> I think you got your money's worth out of the last hairdo. <laughs> you need to get it done again. I think so. I think so. I think so. <laughs> 
what are three ingredients you mentioned some there's some but what are three ingredients too often used in children's pro personal products which parents can spot and avoid when purchasing items for their family like let's say they're in the in target or walmart because they're both having a lot more um cleaner options nowadays i must say yay to target and walmart but um, what are some ingredients if they were to flip the label over that they can just like that should they can just keep an eye out for, you know, what yeah. would those be that you would say? I would say if I had to pick a top three, which that is hard to narrow down. Yeah, it's a top three. That's what I was like. I was going to say more, but because I, <laughs> I could go on and on. But, um, you know, I would say the number one thing would probably be fragrance. So anytime you see yeah. fragrance, perfume, parfum, how it's listed on there, that is usually a cocktail of sometimes up to hundreds of different chemicals that don't have to be disclosed on the label because it's proprietary. So you don't know um, what kind of things they're putting into it, what kind of preservatives they're using for it. A lot of times there's uh, phthalates in there, which is a plasticizer. It also helps the perfume to, to stick around longer. That's why when you smell a uh, synthetic fragrance, either in a product like a lotion or actual perfume, you can smell hours later and still smell it. Whereas if you're doing some sort of natural product that's like an essential oil blend, it, it kind of fades mm -hmm. over the course of an hour or two. Right. Um, because it's not meant to stick on your skin, but they, they add in phthalates and other plasticizers that actually do make it uh, you know, stick on your skin. So I think there's been a lot of data on fragrance and it just tends to be the worst of the worst that ends up inside of it. So that's one for sure I would avoid. And um, the next would probably be, now this isn't going to be in everything, but chemical sunscreens, um, they're in a lot of, obviously if you're buying a sunscreen, it's going to be in that, but they also sometimes show up in cosmetics, um, either tinted face lotions or lip products often have them. Uh, so the problem with, with that, and you can go to, I had mentioned the Environmental Working Group earlier. Their website actually has a great article that lists all the different chemical sunscreens that are used and, and exactly what each one does to your body. Um, most of them bioaccumulate and many of them have been found in breast milk, even months after the moms used the, the sunscreen, wow. which is kind of scary. but. Um, so you'd look for zinc or titanium di dioxide. Um, what's kind of tricky is, you know, as the market catches on that people want more natural products, there's always these little loopholes. So you'll, sometimes you'll see yes. it says mineral-based sunscreen. And that's usually, I know right away, when I flip it over, I'm going to see a mineral component, but also a chemical sunscreen component. And um, so just kind of be aware of that as well. But that's a big one. I would say it's for kids and teens, just because that builds up in their body. I think that would be one of my top ones to avoid. Um, the next is kind of a broad category and maybe a little trickier to spot, but I'll see if I can break it down a little bit. But ethoxylated ingredients are a group of ingredients that are created by a certain chemical reaction where as they are combining different chemicals to make the reaction, um, byproducts are created that remain in the final ingredient, but it's not something you'll see listed on the label. And the ingredients that, or the byproducts that remain are harmful. Now, 
Some people will source some of these ingredients where they've been purified or they've used a certain type of chemical reaction where maybe uh, this byproduct hasn't been created. But because nine times out of 10, if you're just picking up a, a something at Target, if you see one of these ingredients, it's probably not gonna, they haven't gone out of their way to purify it for you. Um, and so how you can mm -hmm. spot those is, at, first of all, any of your PEG ingredients, so anything that starts with P-E-G um, or P-P-G, mm -hmm. a lot of times that will be like a dash P-P-G, polysorbate is a big one. Um, some other ones that you'll see are the ones that end in eth, you know, E-T-H, so like lorith, if you see that, stareth. Mm -hmm. um, and you can, um, I'm trying to think of a good resource to, to give people to look. I know uh, the Beauty Heroes website has a great list, a pretty broad list of eth oxalated ingredients, but there's probably other places online if you search for it that you could kind of keep a little list handy uh, that you can refer to when you're you're picking out products. It can seem like it's a lot <laughs> to yeah. people, but it's, de <laughs> it's definitely like once you start reading through more of the things, even that's on the different websites. Environmental Working Group is, has an amazing website um, with different things that you can look out for. Your your brain starts to pick them out when you do flip, flip over the um, the label in the stores, like. Well, first of all, everybody takes forever in Target, at least all the women. That's what I know. But yes, yes. they, um, but, <laughs> but the reason why I take longer going through some, some um, aisles than others is because I'm standing there turning the labels around. And I'm just like, let me see what's this. And it's not even only because I want to buy something. It's because I want to talk about it with others. And so yeah. it's just knowing how to navigate that whole thing. Um, it can seem overwhelming at first, but it's definitely good to, to just... Just read it and you'll get used to it. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I think I think you're right. I mean, nobody just knows something automatically. Sometimes it takes practice, but I, and I know the ethoxylated one is kind of, I was debating because it's tricky. It covers a lot of ground and it might be hard to know it off the top of your head, but I think most of us can see like the PEG ingredients, P-E-G, it's usually in bold, mm -hmm. uh, polysorbate. I mean, like if you even just kind of look for some of the most common ones, like the PPG or the PEG or the polysorbate, like you'll start, it's funny, once you start looking, like you said, like it'll just start popping yeah. out. So you maybe just pick one or two to start looking for, like, you know, and then build off of that every time you go turn it around. I'm like you, I'm taking forever because I'm, I'm looking at labels and then people look at me crazy because I'm taking pictures <laughs> of them. Yeah. <laughs> me too, me so, yeah. Me too. I was at Target today. And so I told you I was taking a picture of the lip gloss and some ladies just like yes. beside me like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. They think we're crazy. My son thinks I'm crazy. He goes, he's all the time. He's like, mom just goes there and read the labels. I don't know what she's, <laughs> she's. <laughs> uh, it's fun though. I love it. <laughs> it is fun. It's fun to me too. But, yeah. well, we can be but nice it's, just, it's just, yeah, we can, we can. I'm sure. I'm sure. I know it. <laughs> yeah. Two things that come to mind. The first thing is that even if you're going from a lifestyle where you're you're at the point where you're like, okay, I want to do better, and I want to know more about um, the ingredients that are in the products that I'm using, and you've been using the ones you've been using your whole life, and then you're like, okay, I want to do better, and you don't have to go out and just be like, okay, let me see something that that is without all these things. Like even if you start at first to just look for ones that 
have that don't have the majority of what we've said, you know, and then you can build from there, you know, especially because if you're, you want to test them out or, you know, I, I swear to you that I think that people need some sort of transition time, even with use of the different natural things because they expect all the time for the ingredient, the products to work the exact same way that the ones full of chemicals might've worked. And so then they're like, but this doesn't work exactly. And then they might lose hope in it, the whole process. So even with the transition, just, um, you know, look for some that, that look for a product that has less chemicals than the ones you've been using and then you can you know go deeper down the rabbit hole from there but it's it also it is a uh, actual process and I forgot what the second thing I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> no I think that's I but, think that's really yeah. good advice baby steps it's too overwhelming to try to tackle it all at once and it could seem like it's a lot like everybody you know they may want to go home and I you know if you want to do a full um, dump of all the products that you've had before. Um, you can do that, but definitely it, give yourself some grace with the switch over because, yeah. you know, we didn't come to it all, all at once and we're still learning every day, you know, with yeah. everything too. So, you know, definitely have grace with yourself. The whole point of the podcast and even m- the way that I approach you know, and I'm, I'm sure it is yours too. I can tell from everything that you share is just making it more realistic and um, less overwhelming for people so that it's easier to make the transition. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I do want to say like as much as I think when you start looking into some of this stuff, you have the urge to kind of clean out and get rid of everything because you're like, ah, oh, it's all toxic. It's um, all crap. <laughs> I know. But I, I would say to fight the urge to get rid of everything at once. I mean, like Tiffany said, you can, you know, like, you, yeah, go do a dump. If that's going to make you feel better, dump all your products. But not only is it so expensive to try to like repurchase all your products at once, I, I feel like you're going to be so uh, stressed trying to like decide on each product on its own that you're probably not going to make yes. good decisions there. You're not going to like really hunt for a face cream that you're really going to love or, you know, a conditioner that works for your hair. Like, I think if you kind of approach it more as, as you're running out of things, take it that time to be like, okay, well, let me look online and try to find something that's like a pretty good swap for what I'm already using. And that way you're going to love, right. probably love what you're swapping to even more and be more apt to stick with it. Yes. Other clean living bloggers out here that we all, we are, friends with um this organic girl you you know hello sam we have we all have and that's chelsea we have great swaps that are available on our sites to help people navigate this whole the whole transition yeah. with both uh beauty and and just um with products in general so definitely go and find other people that um that are in the space who are sharing cleaner options out there because it may help the the whole process be easier. Transition to the next question, where it's gonna be a, uh, uh, you, we're both being put on the hot seat, okay? <laughs> of <laughs> the, 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 the whole thing is, um, I'm gonna share, ask you the next question, but I'm gonna share my own answers after hearing yours. Or which, which one thing, you can, you can share one or two things. Uh, for someone who is a beginner to living a less, uh, a less toxic life, 
and more cleaner life, we might both seem like we are living in some weirdo, esoteric, unrealistic bubble. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> we are just real people. So let's share one aspect of cleaner living that's been the hardest to be consistent on. Oh, that's such a big question because I feel like it would change maybe even from one day to the next. <laughs> um, I would say right now, the hardest thing that I'm having trouble sticking to is pest control, which I know sounds very... Um, it's, yes. Yeah. But I'm in North Carolina and we're in the middle of the summer and all my neighbors, you know, they have their homes sprayed every month and so they don't deal with any critters and we get spiders, you know, mice in our garage. We found a snake in our garage a couple weeks ago, which- Oh I'm, my God. I, well, I know. I, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> so, I mean, I've like physically have a reaction, but you know, my husband's like, well, we should hire a pest person to come and like treat that because the, the snake is off, obviously after the mice, you know, so he's like, you know, they can set traps right. and put poison out and all this other stuff. And I'm like, but they do it inside the house too. And I'm like, ah, I was like, I just, I don't think so. So I'm, you know, I made him go around and like kind of put a buffer, a better buffer under the garage door so things can't get in. And I'm the one that's like mm -hmm. on spider patrol trying to like clean them out when they're getting in the house. So I think it'd be easier <laughs> to just be like, okay, we'll just hire whatever pest company to come once a month and spray chemicals. But I definitely don't want that in my house with my kids and my dog and everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to okay. hear yours. <laughs> so I <laughs> I try I definitely first of all I completely understand because we've had this whole ant issue that has I don't know what happened I don't know what happened and I'm I leave all the bug stuff to my other half I let him deal with all the stuff that I don't want to and I would have literally I've had such a fear of snakes. You don't understand. Oh. I can't even see it in a book. I can't see it in a book. I went out, I was in school and they would turn the book in science and I, was, I had to close the whole book. And I'm still like that. I can't. We are the well, <laughs> That's why I would have died. Tiffany, it's 10th grade. <laughs> I was in biology and they were like, now turn to chapter 11. And I turned and the, you know oh how, like, the beginning of the chapter, it was like a full page picture of a rattlesnake coiled up. I threw yes. my book across yes. the room and everybody was yes. like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you and I are still that's alike. Pretty much, pretty much the same thing. That's exactly what happened. They they opened and like turned to whatever page, and I opened the book, and it's like one of the. It was like a, a snake coming out you, coming at you with the fangs out and everything. I closed the book and pushed it off the desk, and they were like, "What's wrong with you?" We we need to talk because that's I so think funny. I think we're the same age, and I'm wondering if it was the same freaking textbook. <laughs> It probably was. It probably was. It probably was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's, so I would have died. I would have. I wouldn't even. I think I probably would have been like, just do whatever you got to do to like at that point because. So I I definitely understand. But my thing right now is that like I have, I have the leftovers right from somehow like when people were moving in and everything and people bought us um, when we were moving into this house and some people bought. Um, some cleaners and things to help us clean when we came or and the people that were here they left stuff for us because they you know they were being nice they left like some of the cleaners and uh, cleaning products and things that they had and I was like I just never got rid of it I just never you know whatever and 
I've been having, like, we have these white, um, I'm not, they're not marble, but they're some sort of stone, and I'm not good with that type of stuff, uh, uh, countertops, and when I cook certain things, like, that have turmeric in it or something like that, and they, it spills onto the countertop, it's like this soft stone, and it, the yellow from turmeric will, like, stay there, and I'll take, I went into baking soda, and I went and took my branch basics, and I let it sit there, and I, like, and then nothing was moving this stupid ring, right? And then I was, yeah. <laughs> and I left it there like overnight with the oxygen thing. And I was like, they were like, why don't you just try the bleach? And I was like, I don't want to try that, right? That's what I was like, I don't want to try that. I don't want to do it. Right? I don't want to do that. I don't want to use any of the Clorox stuff that happens to be downstairs. I don't want to use it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And so one day, after one day, I was like, let me just use it. I put my gloves on, told everybody to go in the room, and I was just so sick of this stupid ring that, and it took it off. I was like, <laughs> damn it. Like, I was like, damn it. Damn it. like yeah, it just reinforced everything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. And so that has been the one thing. So like, I've been trying to avoid that whole situation. And it seems like everywhere else I've been trying, I can use natural products with everything else to get everything else clean. But like certain things, like when I'm cooking on this countertop that seems to have this very porous surface, there's certain times when I just can't get the stains up and I end up using that stuff. And I know. And then people are like, now they listen to it's like you and your stupid bubble. We told you, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Ah, that's too funny. I mean, that's really frustrating to have a ring like that and it just won't come off, you know? And, and I guess what I had to give myself grace and like I say to other people is that like if you're, if, it doesn't say that you have to do all the things all the time, but if you are not exposing your body and your family and yourself, every, everything to all the chemicals all the time and then you have to end up using whatever it is or you, you choose to because of whatever reasons, you are still doing better than you were before. You know, you're not exposing yourself to all the chemicals and all the potentially toxic things on a constant basis. So that's a, a upside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think you took a, an educated, you made an educated decision. You knew what, what you were doing. You knew what you were using, what the risks are. And, and that's okay. I mean, you tried everything else and and you took the appropriate precautions and used the bleach. And I'm so mad. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> so we've come to the last question. And this is the one where I pick my guest brain a little to help the audience apply one wellness tip to their life right away. Being that we are both podcast hosts who've had the pleasure of interviewing many people in the wellness in industry and more to come, right? Yes. <laughs> what would you say is the episode on your podcast which has left the biggest impact on you? Uh, that's such a hard question because I, you know, obviously I chose all the topics. So <laughs> they were all stuff that I was like really into. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I only have one season so far working on season two. Um, but as far as um, season one, I think the one that would probably have the biggest wellness impact, um, if somebody wanted to listen to it, is I had a holistic pediatrician come on. And this, she was so awesome that I had to make it a two-part episode because she just shared so much information about kids' nutrition, kids' sleep, um, how to treat fevers naturally. Um, oh, I mean, we went on and on oh. and on, but so much of it was free and simple things, like just literally 
having your kid eat more fruits and vegetables, which I know I have kids. I know that's not always as easy as it sounds, but I mean, she made so many good points and I, and I, I had so many moms message me afterwards. They were like, wow. I mean, it just really, like I knew some of the stuff she was saying, but it just reinforced like why I'm, I'm trying to keep my kids healthy and protect their immune system and everything else. So I feel like that was probably uh, one of the most, like you can right away take the information and start implementing it into your life type of episodes. Yay. I'm going to definitely link it in the show notes so everyone can um, go and check that out because we are about bringing, sharing the information all together. I don't, I don't, I have said in previous episodes that I want everyone to know that even though it may seem like Molly has her platform and this person has their platform, uh, but it's very much a, a collective effort behind the scenes. We talk to each other and we do want to work together to help educate as many people as, as possible. So thank you. I will definitely link that in the show notes because I need to go and listen to both parts myself. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I, I love what you said about us talk, you know, I, I think people probably don't see behind the scenes how much we're sharing information and articles or just talking and collaborating on stuff. Like, I think a lot more goes on, but I, I love that about it too. Yeah, yeah. We, we do have some things, at least uh, in the works, hopefully coming out with before the end of the year of yes. other collaborative things. So we'll definitely, everybody could uh, look out for that. But please let everyone know where they can find you and connect with you and everything. Yeah, absolutely. So my home base, Maison Peur, is, uh, it's, I was really smart and chose a French name that nobody can remember or spell. So let me spell <laughs> that for you real quick. Um, it's M-A-I-S-O-N-P-U-R. It means pure home in French, uh, .com. So that's my website. And then uh, my handle on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere is just that one word, Maison Peur. So it's M-A-I-S-O-N-P-U-R. And um, yeah, this was so much fun. And I, I was traumatized by that book in 10th grade. And now I want to track it down and see if that was the same book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. It probably was. It probably was. Like, because I don't, I, to this day, like when they, when my son and everybody is in there. They're watching the Discovery Channel and it may be a, 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 any of those, <laughs> those yeah. shows that may have a snake one. I'm like, I'm going in the other room. I don't know what y'all are doing. I'm going to stay over there. <laughs> I mean, I, yes, I, I have a physical reaction just like you. The only one that I've ever been able to watch is one that Snoop Dogg narrated. Did you ever see that? He was oh um I think so I it was think so terrifying but so funny it was like this one lizard but it was on this island full of snakes and all the snakes came out and we were chasing the lizard and it was the only ah. reason I could watch it was because of Snoop Dogg's voice narrating <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to watch it I said as much as I like Snoop Dogg I can't I can't I can't it's snakes they literally it, it, I'm right now I'm doing like I'm having like, uh, <laughs> all right let's stop let's stop talking about it <laughs> But just just one last thing for everyone, just so that they know, um, can they find your podcast on the same, the, just, I know, but I want you to tell them, can they find yes. your podcast with the same name? Yes, my podcast, same name, spelled the same way. It's on, you know, all the major podcasts, uh, streaming platforms, Apple, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, all of them. So, yeah. 
come take a listen. Yay! Well, thank you so much, Molly, for coming on and educating us. Um, everyone, I'm sure that you be able to uh, put those things into play when you're walking down the aisles of Target, let's hope. But if you have any questions, you feel free to reach out to either one of us um, because we're both more than happy to share what we know with you all. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much yeah. for having me, Tiffany. This was, this was a really good conversation and I think we both feel really passionate about it. So <laughs> hopefully we share yes. a lot of good information. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for your time and we will check in with you soon. All right, bye. bye. What'd you think? I loved it. It was so much fun. If you couldn't tell already, we were like, there was parts of it that I've edited out because we were just laughing, laughing, laughing. Um, I really do want to thank again, Molly Hill for coming on the episode in the podcast. It was really, really, it was so fun. And I love how geeky the both of us can get on things. If you did enjoy the episode, please make sure to give it a rating and also to share it and subscribe to the podcast because that does help with the algorithm and all the things. If you would like to support the podcast, you can find a Patreon page at What in the Wellness with Tiffany, which we linked in the show notes, which helps to create more wellness-related content like this. If you have any other questions or suggestions for a new episode, feel free to send me an email and you can find my email address right in the show notes of this episode. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you all next time. Bye.